Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Welcome to the show, and thank you for tuning in. I want to say a quick thank you to my guest on last week's episode, two-time Grammy-nominated saxophone player Mindy A. Bear. If you didn't get to hear it, you can listen to all of our episodes at entertalkradio.com slash making it, or download our app and take us with you. Also, be sure to tune in next week to hear my conversation with acting improv teacher Gary Austin, who founded the Groundling Theater. I'd like to take a moment to also thank the companies that help me sound my best, whether I'm performing live or in the studio recording and producing music. Blue Microphones, Taylor Guitars, Duesenberg Guitars, Seymour Duncan Pickups, Mesa Boogie Amps, Diodario Strings and Planet Waves, Motu Digital Performer, IK Multimedia, Fishman Acoustic Amps, and Exotic Effects. So often, I get asked questions about the creative process, so I created this show to focus on what it takes to have a lasting career in the ever-changing landscape of the music business. You're really in for a treat, as I've invited my friends, some of the best and brightest in music, to share their stories on how they have influenced the music that has shaped our lives. I guarantee you're going to love it. So let's get started. My guest today is percussionist, artist, Robert Thomas Jr. Robert Thomas Jr. is an American jazz percussionist and hand drummer. He is known as an innovator in bebop and has been nominated for two Grammy Awards. He is also a visual artist. Born in Miami, he was encouraged by his fifth grade teacher to play music, and not having an instrument, Thomas learned to play percussion on his desk. He sat in on the choir at Oak Grove Missionary Baptist Church and at age 16 began playing percussion with the Broomfield family, a local group that performed in churches and nightclubs. After graduating from high school, Thomas studied at Miami-Dade Community College. During this time, he discovered jazz and began to play with an array of artists including Jet Nero, Ira Sullivan, Billy Marcus, Zoot Sims, Thad Jones, Monty Alexander, and Mel Lewis. In the late 70s, Thomas played at a benefit with Jaco Pastorius. Soon afterwards, Thomas auditioned with Joe Zawinul in Wayne Shorter's jazz fusion group Weather Report at a live performance in New Haven, Connecticut. Thomas said afterward that they were looking for someone to play bebop rather than Latin-style percussion. 
He settled in France and continued to play with Weather Report until 1986. After the group disbanded, Thomas resettled in Miami and shortly afterwards released In the Dreamtime, a solo CD of his own music. He continued to work with Zawinul until 1994. In addition to Weather Report, Thomas has performed with the Zawinul Syndicate, Jaco Pastores' Word of Mouth Band, Stan Getz, David Sanborn, Carlos Santana, Eddie Harris, Brantford Marsalis, Herbie Mann, Ahmad Jamal, Roberto Pereira, and world artists including sitar player Amitava Chatterjee and African artist Vinks. Thomas maintains an extensive discography on which he plays an eclectic mix of instruments including conga drums, wind, in- wind instruments, guitar, and the African bow harp. Thomas is married to Jane Thomas and has a son, Spencer. Please welcome my longtime friend, Bobby Thomas Jr. Hey, Bobby. How you doing, Terry? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Very excited and happy to be on this interview with you, man. It's been, been a Thank long you. time. We've been together as friends. We yeah, since together. we grew up together um, since junior high school in Miami, and we uh, that's right. We ran track together, and we. Hang on, played after school, and and just you know, you were one of my lifetime and longtime dear friends. And, oh, that's the same here, same here, Terry. Yeah, thank you, and it's really been, um, I I'm so proud of you. You know, watching you over the years um, bloom into this this gifted artist that that you always have been, but that that the world has come to know, and and working with with such major artists and, and contributing your point of view to their music and add, adding your point of view to the music. It's just, it's been a blast for me to watch and listen through the, the years. So um, congratulations on uh, this beautiful life that you're having. Oh, thanks so much, Terry. You know, this so this is really a special show for me because we did grow up together and, and for me to have the opportunity to share your life story is um, it's really important to me. Um, let's just jump in. You, you're the eldest of okay. seven children. <laughs> so you yes, have s- seven kids in your family. What was it like growing up in a house full of kids in Florida? Well, it, it was a, a lot of fun. I, I learned how to cook early. I had a lot of responsibility and, and uh, that was fun for me cooking. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also had, uh, Three, three jobs. I worked a lot. I worked a lot with my dad, my uncle, and I uh, had a cooking job at Richard's department store. I, I worked at the Pancake House, you know, at 13 years old. I worked at a right. Jewish deli, which was, uh, I think, my favorite. I, I love uh, the food and had right. a great education from, from all my Jewish friends. And mm-hmm. as you know, I spent a lot of time in Jewish neighborhoods with all my buddies. Right, and uh, I, I learned a lot about the culture, a lot, a lot about life as well. You know, growing up in Miami in the fifties and sixties, um, late fifties and sixties, as as you and I did, we were really exposed to a lot of culture. You know, people uh, there, of course, the Jewish neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, and the influx of uh, the Cuban. Um, That's right. Commu- the community that you know at back in in the early sixties. You know, when Castro just uh, basically let everybody come on over or people escaped, um, you know, so we, I, you know, I think it's deeply influenced you and I both as musicians because we both have um, 
a, a deep love and, and curiosity and respect for world music. And, and I, I've always thought that's from growing up in Miami. We were lucky. We were very lucky. Well, my beginning for school was, was a bit bizarre. I ended up going to Jewish temple for two years because my father worked at a temple. And, and uh, my dad was, of course, uh, Bahamian, and he had a lot of friends uh, from, from all different cultures. We would leave Jewish temple on the weekends. We'd end up with his buddies in Hialeah, and I'd hang out with his Cuban friends, and I would hear salsa music, and I fell in love with uh, the music, the percussion. So I, I was really educated to uh, different types of music, as well as uh, Baptist church music, where I met the Broomfield family. Uh, right. Actually, I was 14, 13 years old when I met the Broomfield family. And I started working for them when I was 14. And, and now that changed a, my life. You started first as a roadie with them, correct? And then you ended up playing with I them. Was, and... God, I was a roadie for <laughs> Alfred Broomfield, great singer. And uh, we had a gig, I'll never forget it, and uh, Carl Gables. And uh, this, the owner of the house didn't want me sitting around. And he said, hey, I don't want that boy sitting around my house. He's got to do something. Now Bloomfield goes, Rob, go get the bongos out of the truck. So I got the bongos from the van, and I I didn't know what to do because I was a, a martial arts guy back then when I was young. Right. So I just did karate on the bongos, and Al turns around and goes, wow, you're in the van. And so on the way home, Terry tells me, okay, Rob, you have to learn how to play the congo, the timbani. Oh, yeah, you have to learn how to play trap drums and sing background vocals at the same time. And uh, so I, I was really excited about this. So I got a summer job, and I learned how to play all these instruments. And uh, started working with the Broomfield at the Castaways in the Inner Circle at fourteen and a half. Mm. And I used to steal my mother's mascara and paint on the mustache. Yeah. And after the first <laughs> couple of songs, it would melt off <laughs> from the sweat. <laughs> oh yeah, the manager would come yelling at the band. Hey, get that kid off the bandstand! So, but uh, those were some of the best times of my life. But that was my early beginning, and and then of course uh, meeting Sam Harris, at, our at, music uh, teacher. Yeah, NMB. Yeah, man. Yeah, meeting Sam Harris changed everything. So, uh, in what way? What did Sam? How did Sam point you in the the right direction or a clear path for well, where you ended up? Okay, so remember when we graduated from JFK and we started yes. that experimental high school, they had these beautiful cubicles and they had pianos in there, remember? Right, I and sure so, do. Yeah, we were so lucky to right. be um, dropped into this incredibly creative experimental high school. Well, I used to sneak in those cubicles with yes. the preacher's son, Bernard Rogers. Mm-hmm. And I would um, always dream these melodies, and I would write lyrics to them, and I would get my buddy, Bernard, and we would sneak into the cubicles, and we would jam in the early morning, afternoon, and Sam Harris would kick us out like clockwork every single day. He'd come and kick <laughs> us out. Finally, he got tired of it. And he said, look, Robert, if you can get 20 of your friends I'll make a, a, a course out of this. We'll call it Music Lab One. And I went and got all my Jewish buddies. I got all my black buddies, my Cuban buddies. And when he came back the next week, 
I think we had like 25, 25 of us, remember? <laughs> Bunch mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Yes. And that's how that class got started. So I really owe a lot to Sam Harris for, for that. Because, uh, yeah. uh, that, well, that opened the door for all different types of music. We played all different types of music in that class. Right. We sure and did. And it was a great learning experience. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's how it all started for me. You mentioned uh, being a martial artist. I, I got uh, more serious with my martial arts. I, I started when I was 40. So I've been uh, training for the past 20 years. But tell me how you got started in martial arts. I know that you were also an athlete and even considering a professional athlete career at some point. Yeah, I turned down scholarships for sports because I just didn't like the idea of like once you turn 30, you're considered old. And with music, you can play forever, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was 13 years old, and I had a cousin who was a third-degree black belt, and he was teaching at Florida Memorial College. And uh, he would take me along. He was my teacher. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it was brutal because I had to fight college kids. There were no other 13-year-old boys for me to spar with. So uh, it, it was rough, but I learned a lot, and it, it made me tough. Right. Um, yeah. Then as I got older, I, you know, I discovered music. And so I left the martial arts and uh, I sort of just transferred all of that knowledge to striking percussion. Right. And that worked out for me uh, because mm-hmm. I don't have a playing style like anybody else. No, you didn't. And uh, also, yeah, but also disco came along and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just quit playing music until I discovered jazz. Uh, thanks to Eddie Barocas, one uh, of our classmates who was in yes. Music Lab One. Remember, Eddie was a jazz promoter at a young age, mm-hmm. and he steered me to the Gold Dust Lounge where I met Jet uh, Nero right. and uh, Bob Grabowski, Curtis Lundy, Steve Williams, all these cool musicians. And I mm-hmm. wanted to be like those guys. Right. And I took my drums out of the attic and I started playing uh, jazz because that was a I guess a, a relief, a sense of freedom. I didn't have to follow that, that monotonous beat from disco, which right. uh, not putting disco down, but there isn't <laughs> much to do for a percussionist in, in that music. No, uh, so and, I, and I it found a new voice. Yeah. Right, right. Do you, do you still practice martial arts, or do you practice it through your musicianship and you know hitting the drums I, instead of bags? I, well. Uh, well, I practice uh, in secret close quarter combat because as as a black world traveler, uh, I end up in some, some sticky situations like yeah. skinheads abroad, especially Germany. Right. So so I stay up on, on my skills. And uh, I did some bodyguard work for Monty and, mm-hmm. and some for Joe Zawinul when he got older. Monty was, Alexander, uh, so you're referring to? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. my old friend. Yeah, we were together for a long time, mm-hmm. so it, it came in handy. Came in sure. handy, and uh, yeah. you know, something you just have to do. Yeah, it is. Is that something that you've instilled in your son as well? Yes. Well, I I, I try to spare my family mm-hmm. uh, the stories about. The situations yeah. that I go through in my travel, some of that stuff sure. I don't talk about. Right, I don't talk I understand about that. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, but um, but I, I I told him that it is important that you learn how to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and end it quickly. So, so that's, right. That's, that's right. Huh? That's the smartest thing I could do for any, any young man, <laughs> really. Yeah, that's an important lesson. And um, I want to I, I want to get back to traveling. But be, before I do that, um, what do you remember about your very first performance in New Haven, Connecticut with Weather Report? What do you remember most about that? That night? Oh, God, I re- I remember that uh, they told me on the phone that it was going to be an audition, right? So mm-hmm. we get off the plane, and there's this manager, guy, Brian Condlett, very nervous. He's rushing me to the limo, and we pull up to the venue, and I see two tractor-trailer trucks and all this gear, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> wow, man, what kind of audition is this? <laughs> we get inside. It's a gig. It's a show. Right. And it, it was... Uh, it was years later I found out uh, from Ingrid Pastorius that Jocko had told Joe that he found the only bebop conga player on the planet. And Joe said, I don't believe you. And Jocko said, you want to bet? So I was flowing out. <laughs> on a bet. <laughs> I was flowing out on a bet. That's well, fantastic. Joe lost a lot of money, man, because Jocko yeah. was laughing at him all night during the show, and I didn't know why. And <laughs> I found out later, but that's uh, great. So, I want to talk more about what, that. We're what, heading what into, beginning? yeah, we're heading into our first break right now. I'm with my good friend, okay. Bobby Thomas Jr. So stick around. We will be right back. about your music are you ready to run with the big dogs the experts at pitbull audio have the gear to get you into the game from leading manufacturers like mesa boogie fender pioneer and american audio to sound your best you need the best pitbull audio can deliver in rehearsal on stage and into the big time dropping beats shredding guitar or making the crowd roar whatever you dream pitbull audio can help make it happen we are pitbull audio we want you to play it loud pitbullaudio.com you know what's all around you every waking moment of your life marketing you're choking on it i'm scott robertson and when it comes to strategic pr branding and marketing i've seen it all and actually i'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps join me each week on may the best brand win right here on inner talk radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable Hi, I'm Tim Dolbear, the host of Sound Experience on Intertalk Radio. Each week, I talk with top professional audio engineers, producers, musicians, and the manufacturers that make the tools that we use in the studio each and every day. From capturing the perfect take to mastering your final release and the tools and how the pros use them, we are going to dive deep into their process and learn from their experience. I look forward to you joining us each week on Sound Experience with me, your host, Tim Dolbear. This is Jackie Bertoni from Jackie's Groove. Come join me weekly on my journey through the music business as I take you behind the velvet rope, interviewing industry notables such as Al DiMiola, Michael McDonald, and Al Jarreau, to name but a few. Listen to their stories on being in the studios recording number one hits and onto the stages throughout the globe. Allow me to be your music historian. 
You can hear me live every Monday at 2 p.m. and every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time or 24-7 on Jackie'sGroove.com. Ready to get your groove on? Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Welcome back. This is Terry Wallman. I'm making it with Terry Wallman, and I'm with percussionist Bobby Thomas Jr. Welcome back, Bobby. It's good to be here, buddy. Yeah. So you you were just talking about uh, your your first uh, audition slash live performance with Weather Report, and um, tell everybody again for people that are just tuning in that how this was uh, based on a bet by Jocko. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, I found out, yes, it was based on a bet. <laughs> and uh, so as the night went on, I, I could see Jocko laughing at Zobino all through the night. And I was wondering, what's going on? Uh, after the show, Zobino comes to me, pat me on the back. He goes, hey, kid, you're not going home. You're going on a world tour. <laughs> and so that was, that was the beginning <laughs> of another long-term relationship. Yeah, so that's for sure. Yes, I had to go out and buy all new clothes and everything. I had like a toothbrush and a, a mm-hmm. shirt, a couple of pair of pants, and that was it. You know, right? I you just thought you were coming up for yeah for a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ended up on a world tour and stayed with him for over like thirty years, man. Right. I was in every band that he had after that, and uh, he, he was a great teacher as well. You're talking about Joe Zawinul. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. my first piano teacher. I spent a lot of hours on that tour bus in his uh, room. He had a special room in the back with the piano, mm-hmm. and uh, he would uh, have me practicing uh, piano sheet music. And then Jocko would bring his bass back. I had to practice bass scales, and mm-hmm. then give me sheet music to read. And, and uh, so I, it was like going back to school uh, on the tour with uh, Joe and Wayne and Peter Erskine. It was wonderful. What year? Experience. What year did that start? This was eighty. This started right. in nineteen eighty. Right. So that was about the same time uh, I headed off to uh, to Boston. I was already up in Boston, um, learning the theory of everything. Well, you were actually on a bus learning the reality of everything. There buses and planes oh my God. back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was big fun and a different school of of just. Stage preparation. I mean, right. Zolino, uh, I guess we, we grew quite close once he learned that I, I was a fighter. We used to box to warm up right. before mm-hmm. we went on stage. And I quickly found out that he also played the same way he fought. The, the, you know, really quick hands, powerful punches, and very sneaky, the same way he played the piano. 
Right. You know, with that hidden thumb technique that he had. So mm-hmm. we ended up playing many duets, uh, 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 many nights on stage together. Right. And, and uh, it just grew from there. And uh, he was my first piano teacher. But the, one of the greatest things that he taught me was to, to be fearless on stage. Uh, and, and our world travels, he noticed that I had a knack for bizarre instruments. Hmm. And, and uh, he would tell me, look, let's get up and have, have breakfast and go shopping. And we would hit the oldest part of town. And we would look for the weirdest instruments. And he would have me play them that night on stage. Mm, mm. Same <laughs> night. Yeah. So, so this, was, uh, this became a routine for us. For mm-hmm. over uh, 30 years off and on. I left the band a few times, uh, so I really uh, was was very happy playing with Monty Alexander. You know, he was like right. my big brother. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I would go back to play with Monty, and then, of course, my other favorite uncles, Stan Getch and Herbie Mann. Uh, I mean, just the best band leaders I've ever had. Those two guys, I was quite close to them. Uh, but Joe, that was another... That was another uh, sort of relationship that was really deep. He taught me so many things beyond music, on and off the bandstand. And I, I think I've, I've, I stayed with a, with the Zona Legacy Band until like a couple years ago. So I've been playing his music for a long time. You know, and he will always be inside my, my soul in, in a way I've learned so much from him. You also had uh, a very... Um, close friendship and and musical relationship and personal relationship with Jaco Pastorius and um, you you also got uh, featured in the the new documentary uh, that on Jaco and I know that I want you to talk about your just a little bit of your about your relationship with Jaco but also um, how that has led you into becoming a heavy metal musician. <laughs> well, I I was always in love with Jimi Hendrix from the age of 13 to 14. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so I, I love uh, guitar, loud guitar. I love heavy metal music. I love all mm-hmm. music, especially uh, guitar. The, the power and freedom that you have of, of expression uh, is something about it. I, I love that. And Jocko had this with his bass. He could sound like any instrument, you know, with his rig. Right. Uh, but but what but the other thing that I got from Jocko was uh, just a, a, a sense of brotherhood because I was I'm also a clairvoyant and so mm-hmm. was Jocko. Right. So our relationship was spiritual and we were workout buddies. Every morning we got up, we hit the gym no matter where we were in the world. We mm-hmm. were up at seven, running three miles, a little basketball, swimming and mm-hmm. hit the stage that night ready to go. Uh, but uh, his mythical side was quite an education. Uh, you know, he, we would meditate on full moon nights. We'd go up on the top of the roof and meditate together, pull from that energy. And uh, he, this is something that I guess many people didn't know uh, about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but also those people that have seen the, the documentary on Netflix uh, I told a story about Jocko saving my life in Japan. And and uh, after that, I guess the next night, I told I told him, well, listen, I owe you. What would you like me to do? And that's when he told me, hey, look, I'm going to die. Um, by 
when I turned 34 and I'd like you to look out for my babies. And I said, you got it. And, and so some of that music that you played earlier uh, features his son on bass, Felix Pastorius, you know, uh, on the catalyst of coming up like at some point features young Felix. Uh, so uh, I really have a lot to thank Jocko and his family for, really. Mm-hmm. Not just the music, but just, uh, it's a lonely, a lonely life as a clairvoyant. I mean, how many do you meet in a lifetime or in a right. year, in a month? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so this, this was a really uh, comfortable relationship to have, because we rarely talk about music. We mainly talk about spiritualism mm-hmm. and, and uh, just how to be better people. Uh, you know, how to be more peaceful. This was uh, something that Jocko lived by. And you have always brought those qualities into your artistry, you know, as long as we've known each other. Uh, even at a young age, I saw that about you. And and um, this, the spiritual side, the, the clairvoyant side, the the physical and emotional fit side, as well, you know, I, you've always been, um, you've taken care of the, the temple, you know, your body as well yeah. and, and respected that. And, uh, and it's one thing I appreciate about you and I, you know, I've, I've followed the same path. I've always felt that it, it is so important as a musician to take care of yourself on every level. Very true. I remember mm-hmm. going to the gym with you when I was out, uh, so, uh, uh, work in L.A. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, we worked times. on uh, Yeah. You know, so, but that's how we grew up, sports, sports and music. Right. <laughs> yeah, and part of it, I think, was growing up in Miami because basically it was generally beautiful outside and our parents made us get outside and play and that's swim right. and ride our bikes play. and run and, you know, get out of the house. <laughs> that's, the, that's very true. Right. Very, very true. <laughs> So, you went and and moved to France, and I know that part of the reason that you did that was your experience with racial prejudice in the United States at the time. And yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, the last straw for me was in the early '80s, and I was escorting Othello Marino, great hmm. pan player. I was escorting his girlfriend to a party. And the cops pulled us over on I-95, and uh, his one cop had his girlfriend out talking to her for like 15 minutes. And I had just come from France, and I think I was smoking cigars at the time, so I was just sitting there smoking my cigar. And the other cop had a gun in my head uh, that uh, Connie told me mm-hmm. after the ordeal was over, and I just felt sick to my stomach. And I uh, thought, I have to get out of this town. And uh, right. thank God, uh, Stan Getz came. I had an audition with him. I got the gig. We went to South France. And uh, I met a very nice woman. And I thought, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm out of here. And so it was a nice uh, change from from uh, just the attitude in, in the good old South. Right. Uh, and uh, that was, that was a, a great change because I spent a lot of time with Arab musicians, with uh, gypsy musicians, with musicians from all around the world. And I learned a lot about different music, different musical scales, and a lot about theater. My first wife 
is now a movie star. She was a theater actress when I lived in Marseille. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time with the theater company, and that also changed my approach to what I did on on music on stage. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a one-man play for uh, the Zorbanal Syndicate, and uh, it was a big hit. And pretty soon it became uh, uh, a duet between Joe Zorbanal and and myself. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, South of France was a wonderful, wonderful change for me and a great school. Wonderful school. I learned so much uh, from hanging out with theater groups. And just the people, just the people, the, just the quarter tones and just the, the violin orchestrations and the Arabic television shows on Sunday morning <laughs> and the rhythms. I mean, this was incredible, man. It's just right. amazing music that they have over there. What was the name of the play, the, the one-act play that you wrote? Oh, my God, it's been so, so long. That's okay. I'm not interested. Yeah, it's been a long time. Since yeah, I've done yeah. That. Oh, no, the nomad. Tony Zalino made me do it. The nomad. I played the nomad. a, a nomad lost in the desert. And my, uh-huh. my one prop was a clay pot with water in it, which I played, of course. Uh, I had it uh, hanging around my neck, and I would tell right. this story and play right. the clay pot. But when Joe was was alive, um, he had me play my cana flute, which I right. played like a, an Indian scale, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was mesmerizing. We had a lot of fun with that with that play, and, and uh, so this is uh, something that I might pull out of the bag once I start traveling again with my own mm-hmm. show. Right, um, but uh, but this was the influence of hanging out with a great theater company in, in Marseille. So how long did you live in Europe, and and at what point did you know it was time to move back home to Miami? Well, I stayed in, we stayed in Marseille for like two and a half years, then we moved to Paris mm-hmm. and stayed there for about four and a half years. And then my parents uh, uh, started to get older, and I think my, my dad was sick. And then also the relationship uh, that I was in, just didn't work out. My wife was a, a busy theater actress, and I was busy between my work with Monty and, and Herbie Mann and Stan Getz. That really kept me. I was never home in Marseille, so we, we sort of grew apart. We're still friends, mm-hmm. but but we thought it might be better if uh, we just split up. So, so I did, and I came back to Miami uh, to help out, be close to my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, ran into my old girlfriend, Jane. Jane and that yeah. worked out great. Yeah, that worked out really good. So we had Spencer um, because of that. So um, mm-hmm. it, everything worked out. Everything really worked out. It yeah. sure did. You you and Jane have been together for a long time now. Yeah, a long time, about 30 years. And she's mm-hmm. a master teacher, and I learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been teaching now for about 12 years, 13 years. And, and uh, she has a, uh, she specializes in special needs kids. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of volunteer work with Jane, which sort of uh, prepped me for the job I'm doing now at the Conservatory of Music here in Coconut Grove. And I teach special needs kids. I can deal with any, any child, thanks to right. what I learned from Jane uh, mm-hmm. all, all these years. So it's been a valuable relationship. Uh, there isn't much work for 
gospel musicians in Miami, as, as you know. Um, right. But teaching is something that uh, I love. I love giving back, man. So I can pass on everything I know about music and drumming to these little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes me feel really good. At the end of the day, I'm driving home with a, a smile in my heart. You know, so right. My and kids it, range from five years old to 45 years old. Mm-hmm. And this is the time of our life, you, you and I being the same age, that it's appropriate for us to be mentoring and teaching because we have a wealth of information to share. Even, you know, that's part of the reason I said yes to doing this radio show and having these conversations. It's another way to share information and and insight as to what's important in life and, and in music. Uh, So I'm really glad that. Yeah, right. And I'm glad you, you're, you have found the, the opportunity and the venue for you to share your knowledge with, with young students, young kids, and, you know, instilling, um, passion in their life and, 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 uh, commitment and willingness to work hard and all the, the rewards that that can bring emotionally and, um, artistically. We've got, um, about 20 seconds before we go into our next break. Uh, do you have a, a website or a place where people can find you? Yes, that's alienbrothersband.com alienbrothersband.com we are heading into our oh great Uh, please stick around for more conversation with the great Bobby Thomas Jr we'll be right back Hi, this is Tim Dolbear, host of Sound Experience here on InterTalk Radio. And Source Connect by Source Element is the essential tool that we use to link between my studio in Austin, Texas, and the WS radio station in San Diego. Now, with Source Connect, not only can we communicate in real time and with HD audio, but it's synced up and is of a high enough quality that I can use it for real time ADR work, remote recording, and overdubbing, and it even allows me to remotely control a DAW. Source Connect by Source Element, affordable, high quality audio and video connection over the internet for all of your production needs. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life marketing you're choking on it i'm scott robertson and when it comes to strategic pr branding and marketing i've seen it all and actually i'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps join me each week on may the best brand win right here on inner talk radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable make this your vinyl night I'm John J.R. Robinson, and every week, music creation comes alive through stories, experiences, and sounds when vinyl records filled our hearts and minds. My friends and I share our tips and techniques used in creation of iconic tracks for recording artists such as Michael Jackson, Eric Clapton, Quincy Jones, and Steve Winwood, to name a few. Vinyl has emerged hot, and the soul of vinyl defines art and passion, which burns deepest at night. Tune in. Are you serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio. To sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. 
dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. PitbullAudio.com. Welcome to Making It with Terry Woolman, the show that explores the secrets, successes, and strategies for making it in the music biz. And now, here's your host, Terry Woolman. Welcome back, and you're listening to Bobby Thomas Jr. Uh, what song is that, Bobby? The Catalyst, featuring ah, the Catalyst. Pastorius. Yeah. Yes, yes. And Leroy Romans, and myself, mm-hmm. and drums and percussion. Yeah. So, continuing the legacy, the Pastorius legacy, you know, through, through, your, um, through your promise to your friend Jocko to keep an eye on the family. Which, you know, what a beautiful right. honor. Right. Yeah. Um, hey, I want to um, be the first to wish you an early birthday. I know you're, you've got a birthday <laughs> tomorrow, and I'm just so glad that you were born and that you were on this planet, and that we have been able to um, go through our lives together with a, you know, one of the longest friendships that I've had. So I love you, and and happy birthday to you. I just wanted to, to say that before we move on to the next question. Oh, you made my day, Terry. You made my day, brother. <laughs> Friends forever, man. Forever. We sure will so to much. the end. Yeah, you're welcome. You were well, you were you just know saying. What I have to talk about, man. Yes, I have to talk about your aunt June. Aunt your June, aunt June Woman. was my counselor. Yes, right. and she was my counselor in twelfth grade. And yes. when I turned down those uh, football and basketball scholarships, my parents were very upset. But your aunt June told me, Robert, there's no guarantee you're going to make it to the pros. You better think about it. You know, music, you can play forever. Right. In sports, you're old at 30. And and I took her advice. I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. And yeah, so, against the, or or certainly against the concerns of your, your parents, you know, who were so proud of you for having all these scholarships offered to you. So I know that that was a, a challenging decision. Um, one of the really cool things that my Aunt June, um, um, did is, or, or one of the cool things about that is that she wasn't an artist, but she saw you, she knew who you were. She looked at you and knew you and knew what yes. would be best for you. So I yes, think that, that that's even more wonderful because she, she, you know, that wasn't really her default. You know, they, my family, everybody in my family, my aunt and uncle and my parents, it's like, you, you got to get a degree and you got to have a, something to fall back on. And, and she coming from that place said, you should pursue your art. She knew who I was. She, she did. Yes. Yeah, I was a graphic artist as well. And, and she said, well, you know, 
I don't know. I think you better go for the music. Be mm-hmm. yourself. Be, you know, be true to yourself. Yeah. And so that's. Uh, I'm so thankful. So thankful for your aunt being there for me. Yeah, Thank she loved you, and and it's really wonderful that that she got to see, and also your whole family got to see that it was a wise choice for you. It was a wise path because you Very you true. really yeah you know they've got to see you uh, perform the world and and be on records and TV and concerts and and you know again making a life for you as an artist, and that's pretty yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You know, you were you were saying in the last segment that there's not a lot of work for musicians in Miami, and you were um, probably the biggest influence on me to not move back home, and that was a hard decision right. for me as well. But I, you know, when I finished college, I remember talking to you and saying, "Hey, I'm thinking of coming back to Miami," and you said, "There's nothing here for us um, because we neither you or I, even though we grew up there, we, we're." We're not Latin. We weren't Cuban or Latin. And that was kind of taking over at the time. And and you pushed me, um, and I'm grateful, um, to either go to New York or L.A. And I chose L.A. But that that one was on you. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you the truth. You're my bro. I have to look out for you. Man. <laughs> you know. Right. That's true. And and that's what we do for each other. That's what friends do, even when the, the truth is not what we think we want to hear. But but that's what we need to hear. And and I'm yeah. grateful to you for that. You you pointed me in a direction um, that I appreciate. So because I was I was ready to come home. Because you know Miami's a beautiful place to live. You know there's paradise. There's, it is paradise. Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, but there's a big world out there that appreciates us, and there's tons of work. You can always come back and visit Miami. You know, things are different for me now that I'm teaching here. Right. And I, I, you know, I have family here. I had to slow down a little bit, but now my son is older, and mm-hmm. I can hit the road again. And uh, joining a heavy metal band called the Holy Ghost, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Robert Trujillo has been uh, looking out for me with uh, some projects coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have my, my new friends out there in L.A. To, that are looking out for me, and I'm excited about that. Right. And um, it's, it's a nice change. I've played jazz for so long, and I've played with all the guys that invented jazz, and most of mm-hmm. them are all gone. Right. So I'm ready for something new. So right. uh, I'm excited about this, really. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I also know that you have a new quartet that uh, you debuted last night. Was it? Uh, yes. And uh, tell everybody about the new band and and your show last night. Well, it's uh, it was a big success, big success. Uh, the new band we're not traditional jazz. We we mix in uh, different genres. Um, it's sort of like. Jimi Hendrix meets John Coltrane on acid, well, you know. Yeah, let I, me interject. Have, there has there has never been anything traditional about you, Bobby. So that's not a surprise. That's not, <laughs> not going to start now. <laughs> well, I have my my other brother. I met uh, guitarist Randy Burnson at nineteen mm-hmm. years old. Sure, and uh, we've been playing together for a long time. So he's in my quartet, and I have my other brother Robert Grabowski whom I met also at 19 years old, the Gold Dust Lounge, and the new brother, Fernando Diaz, 
great tenor, uh, sax player, and flute player. He played a lot with Gloria Estefan and mm-hmm. uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah. And uh, I'm kicking drums and percussion and vocals. And uh, for my electronic show, my partner, Leroy Romans, the music that you played on the intros was produced mm-hmm. by Leroy and myself with Felix. And uh, he's a monster. He's from Third World Group, Max Priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's produced Little Wayne, Kanye West. I mean, tons of people. Just genius right. uh, engineer, great singer and keyboard player also. So um, it's, it's fun. I like, I like the electronic dance music a lot, but I also like uh, the experimental music with the quartet. So mm-hmm. this way I won't get bored, right? Keep myself busy. Are you thinking about recording or maybe doing a little bit of touring with this this new uh, quartet? Oh, yes. Yes. Good. We'll hit the studio. Uh, and I'm finishing up uh, recording work uh, for Alien Brothers right now. And right after that, I'll get in the studio with the new quartet and mm-hmm. finish that up. And uh, I'll start to finish my book one, Dancing Hands, Mind of a Matter, that's being mm-hmm. revised with uh, Professor Bob Grabowski. Mm. And uh, that'll be coming out soon as well. So I have a lot of, a lot of work here in Miami to keep me busy. Where can we find your your books? That will not come out yet. It's almost done. I'll let you okay. know. I'll let you know. That would be great. Um, when you do, I'll be sure to share it on Facebook and Twitter and all the the avenues that, that I use to promote my friends and the things that I oh, find thanks. interesting. Um, what about your your albums? You know, Can, can people find you easily on iTunes or uh, any other sites? Um, YouTube? I iTunes, outside the grid, I'm, I'm not sure if that's still up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will wait on that, and uh, I'm releasing some new music, so I'll be in touch with you, and okay. uh, I'll let you know when everything's available. Well, um, we can uh, update those links on the page that we're putting up for you on entertalkradio.com. There'll, there'll be a page with this interview, and um, listeners, feel free to come back to that over the next few months to listen again and and look for new things with Bobby, um, so we can share that. What do you, um, you know, you, again, you were talking about not a lot of work in Miami for a world-class musician as yourself. And I know most of the the performing that you do is you get on a plane and and travel the world with other people, but you've also been really open-minded, open-hearted and innovative about putting these eclectic little duos and trios together to play in some of the hotels down in South Beach, you know, with DJs and kind of mixing it up with electronica and and hand percussion and vocals and um, tell me about that. Well, I I think the the one reason why I was so successful at uh, the Touch Restaurant, Michael King's old restaurant on Lincoln Road, uh, but I walked in there was a DJ spinning, mm-hmm. and I thought this is fun. I get to play electronic music. Uh, we hit it off. I told him, hey, listen, please play Broken Beat for me. I can't really take that disco stuff too much. <laughs> and he did. The club owner loved it. And uh, the dancers, uh, when I arrived, was up there dancing alone. They liked disco. They were bored out of their mind. And I said, listen, let me play with the girls and fire them up. And it became a big show. Right. And, uh, I, I ended up there seven years. That's how I met Fernando Diaz. He ended up mm-hmm. on saxophone. And we would just uh, freestyle 
or was a DJ. And this, for me, was sort of like jazz, uh, uh, because I never knew what he was going to play. And for me, that was fun. I mean, right. that's what that's how jazz used to be, right? You just walk mm-hmm. up and improvise. Right. So, uh, but I also learned a lot about electronic dance music, and so that led me to Alien Brothers. Uh, and uh, so my stuff is, uh, you know, electronic. Uh, I call it global dance music, and, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, yeah. man. And keeps me young. Um, DJs spin. They don't take breaks like musicians. Like a band, yeah. this guy will do four or five hours. Four or five right. hours, mm-hmm. right? So uh, for me, that was a great workout, and, and uh, yeah. I, I still have a lot of friends from South Beach from that period. Right. Yeah, you know, it's so um, important and rewarding to stay open to um, musical and and life possibilities. Yeah, because well, those, if you want to the... work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, I'm, right, I which mean, I do. Police, <laughs> I will, the jazz police would fall through some. The older guys would come through, touch. Sure. What's that, Bobby Thomas doing playing electronic music? You know, but the thing is, they could replace every instrument, right? But they could not replace Bobby Thomas because nobody else plays like me. You can't get mm-hmm. a machine to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I was great for a DJ and and. uh and the audience got a kick out of it. But Janet mm-hmm. Jackson used to come in. She would come in, and mm-hmm. uh, and she would tell the management, "Hey, can you please tell that guy to go back up again?" You know, she loved what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, this you know this was an upscale club, so a lot of people, sure. famous people, would come in right. uh, to see the show. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, this was a lot of fun to be appreciated and get a chance to play every night straight for seven years. Right. Right. Seven years, man. So finally has been good to me. Yes. 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 We, we have, um, believe it or not, about three and a half minutes left to our conversation. And uh, before we run out of time, I want to ask you a question I ask all of my guests. At this sure. point of your life, Bobby, with everything that you know to be true, what would you tell your younger self? I think to write more music. And I would have started out earlier as a band leader. Mm-hmm. I've devoted my my life to Monty for uh, 37 years, Joe for over 30 years, and I've sort of let my own creativity and, and music sort of just go by the wayside. And uh, I've, that's a regret that I have. I should have started a mm-hmm. lot earlier. But I'm here now, and, and I'm healthy, and I have. Uh, great guys in my band, their extended family like yourself. And so I, I'm very fortunate. But but for younger musicians out there listening, really put yourself first, man. And women, put yourself first. Mm-hmm. I, I love that because, you know, even though you are an extremely accomplished and, um, and loved sideman, you know, I can see where that has... Um, you know, maybe um, held you back as an artist in 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 some way, or as a solo artist. And uh, but it's what you're saying is it's possible to do both, and it's important to do both. Right, right, right. Yeah, but there has to be a balance. There Absolutely, has to be a balance. Right, and and you've created balance in in so many other areas of your life, in, including creating a beautiful family. Yes, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. 
not many of us stay married in this business. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah. Right. right. But, but you, um, you know, you, you have it in perspective. You, you know, when you're talking about balance, I think balance is the reason that you and I are, are still vital and, um, healthy and happy and contributing and, and fully exploring, um, our musicality. Well, music is, is, is a very magical thing. I, I was telling the, my band members last night, and they were telling me, Bobby, man, you don't look your age. And I said, well, <laughs> that's because as musicians, when we go out on stage, we're healing people, making people happy. Right. In doing so, we are regenerating ourselves. Every time we go out on stage, we're re- regenerating ourselves mm-hmm. with all the positive vibrations. That's right. what keeps you young. Uh, you know, so... So uh, we're blessed to do what we do. Uh, you know, it's not work. I don't look at music as, as work. It's a blessing. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a blessing, and it's a healing art that we're in. Um, we're pretty much out of time, and, and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you spending the hour with me and, and sharing a small part of your, your life story. It's been really uh, fun to watch and, and be a part of. Um, from the sidelines and I just have so much respect and love for you and wish you great things to come with, with um, you being a solo artist and continuing down that part of your, your journey. So thank you so much, Bobby. You're very welcome, brother. I'll see you when I come out uh, for rehearsals with uh, the Holy ghost and I look come forward to my heavy to metal show. I will All be right. there. <laughs> love everybody uh, thank you. In LA. I love that too. Yes, we all love you. Uh, See you all next week. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another great episode of Making It with Terry Wong. This is Jackie Bertoni from Jackie's Groove. Come join me weekly on my journey through the music business as I take you behind the velvet rope, interviewing industry notables such as Al DiMiola, Michael McDonald, and Al Jarreau, to name but a few. Listen to their stories on being in the studios recording number one hits and onto the stages throughout the globe. Allow me to be your music historian. You can hear me live every Monday at 2 p.m. and every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time or 24-7 on Jackie'sGroove.com. Ready to get your groove on? Hi, this is Tim Dolbear from Eclectica Studios. I'm a full-time mixing and recording engineer. I work with Grammy winners, labels, and indie artists using state-of-the-art digital mixing and restoration tools and the very best in analog gear. Really, though, it's my ability to bring tracks to life and fulfill your vision for your music. This has made me sought after by producers and artists worldwide. So spend your time working on music and not chasing a mix down a rabbit hole. Go to timdolbear.com and check out our free one-song mix offer. You know what's all around you every waking moment of your life? Marketing. You're choking on it. I'm Scott Robertson, and when it comes to strategic PR, branding, and marketing, I've seen it all. And actually, I'm still seeing it because bad marketing never sleeps. Join me each week on May the Best Brand Win right here on Intertalk Radio and learn how to make the marketing for your brand unforgettable. 
Are you serious about your music? Are you ready to run with the big dogs? The experts at Pitbull Audio have the gear to get you into the game. From leading manufacturers like Mesa Boogie, Fender, Pioneer, and American Audio. To sound your best, you need the best. Pitbull Audio can deliver in rehearsal, on stage, and into the big time. Dropping beats, shredding guitar, or making the crowd roar. Whatever you dream, Pitbull Audio can help make it happen. We are Pitbull Audio. We want you to play it loud. Pitbull Audio, 